We'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Got your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 22. And begin reading in verse number 31. And then I'll let you be seated. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Yeah. The Lord is getting ready to wrap his ministry up here on earth. And he looked in verse 31. He said, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. And he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both to prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou, that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. You can be seated. There's a lot going on in the world. Um, and there's a lot going on in God's world. As sure as Israel is fighting for survival, the world is turning against them. But I got good news for you tonight, and I got bad news for you. I'll tell you the good news first. God loves you. Bad news, the devil hates you. So there's a battle going on. Usually when there's a natural battle with Israel, it usually gets tougher in the church too. For The devil knows that his time is short, and he's come down having great wrath to try to destroy the church and God's people. And so we need to be really, really on our toes to watch out because the way the terrorist is working, you don't know where they're at. They could hit any moment. And that's the same way the devil works. He catches you when you're not looking, and he blindsides you, and next thing you know, you're in all kinds of trouble. Um, a lot of people have a description of the devil. They think he's in a red uniform uh, with a big long red tail and horns, and he's got a pitchfork. That, that's not the biblical dis description of Satan. I believe he's yellow because it says in um, James chapter 4, verse 7, Submit yourselves therefore unto the Lord, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So that, that means he's, he's yellow. He's a coward. He don't want you to stand up against him. You know what the word resist means? It means to, to fight. It means to stand against, oppose, withstand. A face-to-face knockdown drag out. That's what resisting is. The devil don't, you know, you know here's what Jesus told Peter. He said, the devil desiring to have you. He don't want your home. He don't want your car. He wants you. And he's going to do everything he can to destroy you. Because the Bible says the devil comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. Just as sure as Israel's over there fighting for their survival, we're going to have to start fighting like we've never fought before. 
If you're going to get victory in your life, you're going to have to get it in your spirit first. I, I cannot see people with a defeated uh, spirit having victory in their situation. You gotta, you gotta be. You ought to watch some of these ball teams when they have a ball game or something. They could be down 15 points, and their cheerleaders is out there hollering, "Rah, rah, ree, kick them in the knee. We're going to win," or something like that. Any kind of a, a, a to try to cheer them on. Don't matter how how far down they are. You got to get your spirit up. Once you get your spirit up, then you'll start getting victory in your life. Most people come to the house of God with a defeated spirit before they even get here. And when they get here, they don't get it stirred up. They don't get victory in their spirit. Then they don't get victory in their situation. But the devil is out to destroy you. He's out to kill you. I, I, I was thinking about a story I read where a, a Christian woman, her husband drank every night, and she prayed and asked God to make him stop drinking. So she thought one night, I'm just going to scare him real bad. She got a devil suit on, hid out in the bushes. And when he came in, she jumped out and hollered, Boo, I'm the devil. And he said, well, hello, I married your sister. <laughs> you don't scare people into not drinking. you got to get victory over that devil. you got to pray that devil out of them. You can't scare it out of them. Sometimes, sometimes we would like to be able to say, I'm going to scare them so bad that they'll repent. That won't work. you gotta, you got to pray to where God will convict them of their sins, and then they'll be, become saved. Amen. But the, he said he wants you. As long as we've got our spirit and have victory in our spirit, we're overcomers. We are more than overcomers. The devil don't like you to quote scriptures like that. He wants you to be down and out. Well, it was bad this week, but probably be worse next week. Yeah, it probably will be if you don't get your spirit lifted up. When you get out of bed of the morning, your foot needs to hit the floor and say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. We can rejoice in the day that the Lord made. And the Lord made every one of them. But the devil don't want you to do that. He wants you to feel sorry for yourself. Some people pat they, their neck. If their neck was long enough, they'd probably cry on their own shoulder. But that's, that's all they're looking for is a, is a place where they can uh, cry on somebody's shoulder. Oh, this is wrong, that's wrong. Sure, there's things going on. I got things going on in my life. But you know who I tell it to? Jesus, amen. He's the only one that can help me. Hallelujah. And we need to pray one for another. Um, here's what the devil wants to do. His every motive is to sift you, destroy you. If you knew somebody in your family was trying to destroy you, you would keep a close eye on them, I'd say. I'd say you, you, you'd watch out for them. Well, let me warn you tonight. The devil wants to destroy you. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how many times you pray. He still wants to destroy you. He wants to kill you. He wants to steal your joy. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you ain't got much joy, you don't have much strength. The Bible said, with joy, let us draw waters out of the well of salvation. The joy is your dipper. If you don't have no joy, you ain't got nothing to dip with. <laughs> Amen. Now, thank God for joy. I I'm telling you, you can go to heaven uh, feeling sad if you want to, but I'm, I'm going to enjoy the trip. I'm going to have joy on the way.
I, when, when I took my kids on vacation, we, we had five kids and no air conditioning in a station wagon. And uh, it, we, had a, we had a 250 air condition. You roll down two windows and go 50 mile an hour. And uh, you know what they would do but the night before we go on vacation? They would, they would stay awake all night so when they got in the car, they could sleep, sleep on the trip. Man, that's what I look forward to is the trip. I like to go where there's new places, places I've never seen before, places where I can, I can look around a new road. I'm an explorer, and I like to see new things. And I'm on my way to heaven, and I'm seeing new stuff, and I want to enjoy the trip. I'm not, I'm not going to go to heaven with my head hung down. I'm going to lift it up and say, I'm going to enjoy the trip. Thank God for, for joy. But the devil don't want you to have joy. He don't want you to have peace. Your relationship with God is what he's trying to destroy. And your walk with God and your worship with God, that's what he's after. And he'll do everything to try to destroy your walk with God. He'll, he'll uh, if he can't torment you, he'll get somebody close to you and they'll torment you. <laughs> he's been around a long time. I'm going to tell you right now, he's trapped a many a good man, many a good women. And he uses the same old trick in every generation. Let me give you just a few of the tricks of the devil so you can look out for it. I put this down as number one because I believe it's, it's the greatest trick that he ever uses. And he uses it on everybody. He wants to hinder you from hearing the word of God. The reason he wants to hinder you, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If you, if you don't hear the word of God, then you can't get the faith that you need. Now, I know a lot of you are looking at me, but are you hearing me? you got to hear what people are not focused is, is exactly what's going on. You know why my face looks like it's wore out three bodies? Because I've been preaching 50 years to people who could care less about uh, what I preach or what the scripture says about their pet sin. And you got to really be focused to, on, on the Word of God to get faith. I raised five kids trying to teach them, help them with their uh, uh, math problems. And Jason back there, uh, my wife would try to help him. He'd be doing flip-flops in the middle of the floor while, while she's trying to teach him to, to do his school lesson, homework. <laughs> Y'all know Jason. He, he turned out to be pretty good, but I'll tell you, we use a lot of anointing oil to get him through school. <laughs> Almost had them kind of like you used to deliver uh, coal oil to your house and put it in barrels. <laughs> but, but thank God he turned out, and, and he's one of my best. He's one of my best. And I thank God for what he's done for him. But, but you've got to be focused if, if you're going to hear the word of God. And, and you really need to hear the word of God. The Bible says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. You can't grow without the word. You can't have faith without the word. So the devil wants to hinder you from hearing the word of God. And the reason that you've got to hear the word of God is God said he is chosen by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. 
My job is to preach. Your job is to believe. I know the world thinks we're messed up and they think we're crazy. And sometimes it don't make too much sense. Y'all sitting there smiling at me, grinning, and I'm up here screaming at you, and y'all acting like you're enjoying it. But that's God's way. He said, I've chosen by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Faith comes by hearing, and growth comes by God's word. So no wonder the devil tries to hinder us from hearing the word of God. Never, you know what, I told him one time, if, if Russia was going to bomb America, it'd be the night I'm supposed to preach. I've had people have heart attacks while I, when I'm supposed to preach. I've had about everything to happen when it, when it comes to my turn to preach. I used to go to a church about once a month for about five years, and every time they would sing for about an hour, and then it come time for the preaching, never failed the same person get up and go to the altar every time that they was getting ready to call me to come preach. And they'd stay there and pray with her for about 30, 40 minutes. It happened almost every night. Why? Because it's getting ready to bring forth the word. The devil don't want the, his, God's people to hear the word of God. He'll do anything. He'll get in your kid. He'll get in my kid. Well, maybe not Sophie. but Well, yeah, he would too. Anything to keep them hearing the word of God. That's the way the devil works. It's not their fault. It's because they want a commotion going so that you can't focus on God. But we're living in a time when we're going to really have to be focused if we're going to get victory in our situation. What, what would be the greatest thing that I can give you that would help you in the coming battles would be to everybody, get yourself and develop a prayer life. If it's five, if it's ten, if it's 15 minutes, whatever it is, develop your a prayer life consistently. Let it be. I don't care if it's by yourself, if it's with your husband, your wife, your spouse, anybody, but make sure you know how to pray. Somebody say, well, I don't know what to say. It don't matter what you say. Just tell God what you want and say, God, I want to spend these however minutes I am. Uh, praising you and, and you know what I need before I even ask so I'm going to seek about 15 minutes if I just have to say Jesus, 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 Jesus Jesus, 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 Jesus I don't know of a better name to call on anyway than the name of Jesus but be consistent in it pray and God will you know why they call that an altar because it will alter you and, and God is looking for somebody that will seek him Somebody said, well, I can't pray. I know you can't. The Bible said, you don't know how to pray as we ought. I, I, sure. I, I was driving a bread truck one time to listen to WJLS, and um, they had a Christian radio station, and this guy came on, and he said, our most precious, omnipotent, holy, and divine God. I bow before thy holy, divine presence. And I went, pukey, pukey, puke, and cut the radio off. He wasn't trying to impress God. He was trying to impress man. I'm telling you that sometimes you don't know how to pray as it ought. The Bible says, but the Spirit maketh moanings and groanings which can't be uttered. If you, can't, if you don't know what to say when you get ready to pray, just moan and groan. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, make your neighbor think you're in fighting with your, with your wife or something. It don't matter. Just cry out to God. 
God understands all language. He understands grunts. He understands when, when he gets ready to speak, he can talk to frogs and flies. He knows what you're trying to say. But he wants you to say it. Why? Well, y'all know what Emmanuel means? God with us. If Jesus, who was Emmanuel, thought, uh, saw a need to pray, how much more you and I should be able to pray to God? God's looking for somebody to seek him. I don't care what your background is. If you seek God, you'll see some things start to change. I promise you that. I, I've tried it. I know for sure. He wants to hinder the word of God. He wants to stop your walk with God. Everybody should have a walk with God. You know what? Uh, Russia, have, they have cosmonauts. And America has astronauts. But way before that, God had a was not. His name was Enoch. The Bible says, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Wow. We had this testimony that he pleased God. Just think about that. One little girl trying to describe about Enoch walking with God, and she said, well, Daddy, I don't know how it happened. But I believe Enoch was walking with God, and God said, Enoch, come and spend the night with me. And since there's no night in heaven, he never come back. That's a pretty good explanation. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's what happened or not. But we need a walk with God. Everybody needs a walk with God. You, you know what? Don't depend upon your pastor's walk with God. Don't depend upon uh, uh, your neighbor's walk with God. You've got to have a walk with God. And the way you walk with God is you talk with God. You walk and talk. And boy, I'm telling you, he will, he will take you places you never thought you'd go before. Why? Because he's wanting to show forth his power in somebody. Not only does he want to stop your walk with God, he wants you out of the will of God. You know what uh, I hear a lot? People say, if I just knew what the will of God was. All right, I'm getting ready to tell you what the will of God is for you. So listen real close, because you're not going to be able to use this excuse anymore. For this is the will of God for you, that in everything you give thanks unto his name. So now... You know what the will of God is. So you need to get up in the morning and start giving thanks for the coffee. It's too strong. Give thanks for it anyway. You wipe burnt toast. Thank you for the burnt toast. In everything, give thanks unto his name. It wouldn't hurt us all to just go around saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give thanks unto his name. I do that under my breath I, all the time. I'm saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Because I know that's the will of God. He wants everybody to give him thanks. He wants to stop your work for God. I don't care who you are. You got a job to do. You, you, your job is to witness. 
to everybody you come in contact with. Sometimes uh, we look at people and we don't, we don't know uh, what they stand for. We just met them. We don't know much about them. Uh, I run across this. This guy was, he was getting ready to go in business and he was needing some help. And he gave me his card. And I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start praying that your business would increase. He, he had never said a word about anything until I told him that I was going to start praying for his business to increase. All of a sudden, he reached down in there and pulled out a cross. <laughs> he had it hid until I mentioned prayer. Then he brought it out. I, I, I don't know if that makes him a Christian or not, but uh, these people that wear a cross around their neck that's got a Jesus on there, you should throw it away because he's not on that cross. He come off of the cross. You, you're going to wear a cross. You're wearing one without anybody on it. Amen. Because we're serving a God that, that came off the cross. Amen. He, he come up out of the ground. But, but do you know what your work is? Uh, he said, pray that the Lord of harvest would send labors into the uh, field, into the vineyard. Labors, not visitors. <laughs> Everybody wants to go in the vineyard and visit. Wonder if we're sampling any wine today. Now he's looking for workers. Looking for workers, laborers to come into the vineyard. And I don't care who you are, God's got a job for you to do. Here's another plan. Here's, here's Satan. His plan is to make sin attractive. You know what the devil tell you? Ain't nobody looking. Go ahead and do what you want to. Nobody will know it. Then as soon as you do, he'll run and tell everybody. There was a time in David's life where he was supposed to have been at battle. But he didn't go to battle that day. I'm going to take the day off. I'm going to stay home. Walked out on a porch and saw a woman bathing naked. He should have been in war because it really cost him something. He didn't think nobody's going to find out about it. But God is the God of night as he is the God of day. Everything is alike to God. And when, when, you, when you're tempted of the devil and you don't resist and you go ahead and pay, you're going to pay a cost for it. If you belong to God, you will pay for every sin you commit. So the devil is, is lying and said, well, it's okay to do this, okay to do that. But no, it's not okay. Why in the world, and we look around and see what we got. We got, most of us are pretty blessed. And our homes, um, we're pretty well off. We got pretty much about anything we want. Uh, but you, you know what we usually uh, desire? Something somebody else has got. And I, I don't know why, because as a rule, Man's a fool. When it's hot, he wants it cool. When it's cool, he wants it hot. He's always wanting what he ain't got. And that's just about the, the way it is with mankind. He's always desiring something that he don't have. You ever go out and eat with people? You ordered what you got and you think, oh, man, this is great until you see what somebody else ordered. I was with a pastor one time. We was in a revival. 
in Nashville, Tennessee. He'd preach one night and I'd preach the next. We'd go out and eat. The, the pastor took us to his home uh, for a few nights. Had a big old New York strip steak. Man, it was. We sat down to eat and I cut into that steak, took one bite, and I said, Whoo, I feel a two week revival. <laughs> he looked at me grinning. <laughs> he knew he wasn't going to have no two week revival. But uh, I told I told the other pastor, I said, listen, I said, I got more food than I believe I can eat. I said, would you take part of this? He said, yes, I sure will. So I got the parsley and give it over on his plate. <laughs> Amen. All right. A glimpse. You know what we really need? We need a glimpse of hell. If we'd all get a glimpse of hell. I, I think it would make us better workers, better laborers, better witnesses for God. When I grew up, I had a big old pot belly stove that they heated with, and mom wouldn't take it down until the last of May. But it gives you a glimpse of what hell would really look like. Now, we don't have heat. We go to a thermostat and turn it up. We, we don't really see the reality of hell, but we really need a glimpse of hell I believe would be a better witness if, if we'd get a vision of what hell really looked like and, and um, uh, make us better witnesses. But w we, we really need a glimpse of it. But here, here's another one. Satan wants your altar. Everywhere Abraham went when God called him, the Bible said he'd go out not knowing where he was going, pitch his tent, and the first thing you'd do is go build an altar. He made that altar out of dirt because that's where he came from. And every time he got down at the altar, he would get down and know where he came from. God wants man to know you're not going to do anything without me. I believe direction for our life comes from our altar. I believe God will inspire in your heart what he wants you to do when you decide to seek him. And pray. When I grew up, you could walk down through the camps and you could hear the saints of God in their houses praying. They would gather up five and six and ten at a time and start praying. You know why they did that? They had a car payment they had to meet, they had a house payment they had to meet, they had children they had to feed, they had Kids going to school they had to buy clothes for. And the only way they could get it done was to seek God. And we've lost our dependence upon God. Because we've got just pretty much everything we want and everything we need. And it's only when trouble comes that makes us cry out to God. It happened in the days of Jesus. You know the ones that sought him? The ones that had a need. The ones that was in bad trouble, sick and afflicted, diseased. They heard about a man that could heal them, and they sought him out. Everybody starts out worshiping God at the altar. That's usually where you repent at, is at the altar. And sometimes we continue going there, and sometimes we don't. But your altar don't have to be at the church. It could be at home. Uh, 
Me and my wife met a man in, in Kentucky, him and his wife, and uh, we, we really liked him. We fell in love with him. We'd go up there about two or three times a year, but every homecoming for 17 years, we preached a homecoming, and we went up there one time, and that couple wasn't there anymore, and uh, I asked the pastor uh, I, probably a year or two later before I ever got a chance, I asked him whatever happened to them, and he said, well, they just moved up and headed up and moved south, sold their house, sold their furniture. He said they sold everything. Said the only thing he took with him was a little altar that I had built them. And they took that altar with them and moved south. And I thought, man, I really, I really liked them people. Well, we got down to Florida and we run into them. And they invited us to their church. They went to a church down there about seven to nine hundred people every Sunday. And, uh, Man, you're talking about a church. They really had a church way out in the country. And so we'd gather up every year when we go down there. And uh, they only had one son. And as soon as he got in college, they sold everything and left. Left him on his own. <laughs> and they loved kids. I mean, uh, they, I thought they was going to uh, steal people's kids. They would get everybody's kids and play with them. And so uh, they loved Florida. They loved the weather, but their son got married in Chicago, and his wife had a baby. They sold everything he had in Florida, moved to Chicago, <laughs> just to be with that kid. Why? Because love will find a way. It'll find a way to, to get what it wants. Okay, your altar, let me, t let me tell you what happened. When Jacob finally got away from his father-in-law, Laban, he took everything he had had given him, and he was in the worst trouble of his life. It looked like he was going to get killed and everybody and everything with him. And God appeared to Jacob and said, go back to Bethel, the place where you found me. And there you build an altar, and I will commune with you there. And Jacob went back to build an altar. He was a man that was troubled. He was a conniving, crook, cheater, stole his brother, brother's birthright. But somehow or another, God loved that boy. God would not give up on him. He said, I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of, of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Ain't you glad I couldn't identify with Abraham. I couldn't identify with Isaac. Oh boy, I sure couldn't identify with Jacob. Here was Jacob getting ready to meet Esau. And there was going to be a killing taking place. Esau had 400 men. He was out to get Jacob. He was going to kill him. Jacob said, well, I'll put a few people over here. Put a few there. He won't be able to take everything. So he started a praying. I mean, he got in a real, real prayer meeting. It was one of those kind that you wrestle with God. And Jacob got a hold of God. He said, turn me loose. Jacob said, no, I'm not going to turn you loose. If you ever get to worshiping God, 
and praying and you get in the spirit, you know what's going to happen? The phone's going to ring. Somebody's going to knock on the door. Going to try to try to get you to interrupt that that prayer meeting that you really got a hold of God with. But Jacob said, "No, I'm not going to turn you loose." And God, the only way God could get away from him was to touch him in the thigh hollow of his hip and make a cripple out of him. And then he got away from him. But when he got away, he said, listen, I'm not going to call you Jacob no more. I'm going to call you Israel. Because as a prince, you had power with God. If you ever, ever get a hold of God like he got a hold of God, you can pretty much get anything you want. Here come the next day, he's going to meet Esau. Esau and 400 men. Jacob was by himself. Here he come. He was crippled. The children of Israel wouldn't even eat that part of an animal no more after that because of what happened to Jacob. And instead of Esau killing him, he fell on his neck and kissed him and forgave him and loved him. Because of a prayer meeting. If he hadn't have prayed that night and got a hold of God at that altar, he, there wouldn't have been no Israel. There wouldn't have been no children of Israel. And right to this day, they're fighting for their life. All of the college campuses in America is protesting against Israel. N not the ones that did the raping and killing and cutting babies out of their mothers and all that. They're, they're protesting against Israel. You can see that end time is up on us. It's a fearful time we're living in. But ain't you glad we got a God that we can call upon? We got a God that said he's going to save us from wrath. See if I got something else I was wanting to mention. Okay, um, and and here's another thing too. The reason why we need to develop a prayer life is because we all need the Spirit of God in our life. We can't do this by ourselves. There's no way that I can humanly do anything for God. It's going to take His Spirit working through me, and. The more we pray, I believe the more that the Spirit is going to be with us because God promised he would. Our worship is between us and God. You know, when I get to worshiping and praising God, I usually get me a glass of water, used to, and that water would be so refreshing looking cold man it, it was wonderful going down and people sitting there wanting a drink of that water <laughs> I'm sorry that's my water <laughs> you're going to have to get your own and we need to desire the spirit of God more than we need natural drink you see Jesus is, is wanting people to follow after him and him only. The, the church needs to uh, 
we need to start getting a hold of God like we've never got a hold of him. Things is, things is happening. You really, really don't know what's going on. And I, I didn't think I was going to get to see the coming of the Lord. I believe I am. I, do, I really do believe that I'm going to be alive when he comes back. And, I, and thank God, if I am, hallelujah, I'm, I'm preaching like it it's, it's, could be today. That's right. I don't know. Somebody said, well, why are you getting so excited for if you don't know? Because I don't know. <laughs> That's right. I should get excited like it's going to be today. I'm, since I got resurrected from the dead, I'm living every day like it's my last. I don't want to call Tracy and all of them every night. Jason say, well, goodbye. I'm going to miss you. <laughs> I'm not doing that yet. But it, it could be any day. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And the Bible said they was eating and drinking and marrying, giving in marriage until the day the flood came upon the earth and knew not. Lord have mercy. We're eating and drinking just like it was in the days of Noah. People bringing in pop in their house by the cases. If they could get it delivered with a truck, they'd probably have it piped into their house. Used to, you could get an eight-ounce bottle of Coke. During my lifetime, I seen it go to 10, 12, 16. Then they got some kind of leaders now. It's hard to tell what, what, what they got, eating and drinking. Right up until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not. So the same thing's going to be happening. He's coming like a thief in the night. Have any of y'all ever had a thief knock on y'all door and say, wake up, I'm getting ready to rob you? No. And you know what a thief does? He comes when you're asleep and you don't know it. He don't take your trash. He takes your valuables. And this is what God's getting ready to do. He's coming back like a thief in the night. And he's calling his redeemed away. Thank God. Uh, let me give you this and I'll, I'll quit. I don't know what time. Oh, it's 20 after 8. Yeah, i got to quit. Um, history has revealed a lot of men, a lot of kings, a lot of uh, people who wanted, uh, they got Hitler, Buddha, Muhammad, Joseph Smith, Allah, uh, the Pope, uh, King Tut. Uh, hundreds and thousands of people who tried to make herself God wanted to be worshipped like a God you know who Jesus is he's the result of God wanting to be man <laughs> hallelujah and he was he, he did become man thank God he came down to rescue us he came to save them which was lost he said, I didn't come to call the righteous to repentance. I come to save that which was lost. Amen. And he's the result of God wanting to be man. He loved us so much, he became one of us. The birth of Jesus was God invading earth. He chose not the nature of angels, but he took upon himself the seed of Abraham. And when he became the seed of Abraham, he became our near kinsman. And our Redeemer. And thank God. 
He's not ashamed to call us brethren. And he came to save us. And, and you know why? He said, we are not appointed under wrath, but to obtain salvation through Christ Jesus. You know what wrath is? Tribulation. Somebody said, well, I believe we've got to go through part of tribulation. Well, you go ahead. Let me know how that works out for you. But he's calling his church away. And I'm going up, I'm going in the catching away. Somebody said, rapture ain't in the church. Rapture just conveys a thought uh, transported with the light. And he said, when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be called up together to meet the Lord in the air. Now listen to what this says. Comfort ye one another with these words. I don't get no comfort when you tell me I'm going through tribulation. I want to see some of you go through tribulation. Oh, I ain't taking the mark of the beast. Paul, I want some candy. I ain't got no candy. <laughs> Sophie starts crying. You think I'm going to not get that girl something? You think you, you're going to just go ahead and let your kids cry and squall and everything? You better pray to God that you go through the rapture. You better pray to God that God called you away. Because I'm going to tell you right now, we can't even miss one meal uh, for God, much less uh, go on a three or four day fast and pray and everything. Why? Because God's getting ready to bring his church home. Go ahead and play something there.